Hello and welcome to the Race Dilemma podcast. My name is Drew Hawley and I'm here with my brother and co-host Daniel Sloan. This podcast is really about giving a voice to those people of a mixed heritage, initially within our own family whose racial background is not always obvious due to their pale skin colour and have found themselves to be at the centre of a personal race dilemma and at times having to prove their ethnic credentials in order to be heard. And of course we have broadened the conversation out into the many corners of some of the so-called problems of being from a racially mixed background. And if you feel you may want to contribute or have a story to tell and would like to be featured on an episode, please reach out to us on the Race Dilemma Podcast at gmail.com. And if you really like these episodes, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and feel free to share with your family and friends. Okay, well, on today's episode, we have my son Abel, and although he's only, I mean, he's only two years younger than, than Florence, his appearance is different. He has not, he's got an olive skin tone, he's got brown curly hair, and according to his sister, he looks a little bit more exotic. Okay. I mean, as for his experiences, this is the first time he's ever expressed an interest in voicing an opinion on his mixed race heritage. And I'm assuming there never really was a problem, but I guess if there ever was, we'll find out today. Abel, it's really nice to have you on the call with us. Finally, we got you here. Mm-hmm. Nice to be here. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you do? What's, what's you know, <laughs> your back... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do you start? Because um, I know you're a bit of a sort of quiet entrepreneur and I think it'd be really good just to, to kind of give, give the listeners a, a kind of a bit of a background of what you do and where you come from, like where, where, where you grew up as well. Grew up in Beckenham, in the borough of Bromley, uh, where is it, in Kent, I guess, some, you know, the address is Kent, but I, I would describe it as being in suburb and South That's London. Right. Um, then went to university in New Cross at Goldsmiths, so it was never too far away from, from that, that area, which was only sort of 12 minutes on the train. Uh, left there, started doing a bit of, just started getting interested in furniture, restoration, making things in the garage with guidance from dad. Uh, let me use his tools. <laughs> and then from there, it was, still does. It was never, still does, yeah. <laughs> still got his tools in my toolbox. Um, just started working for myself. It just happened accidentally, almost. And now I run a business with my partner, buying and selling specialist design furniture, sourcing for interior designers and private clients, that sort of thing, with a bit of writing on the side. Very good. You've also um, published a book, right? Yeah, self-published book. Self-published, that's right. Tell us about the book. It was sort of an exploration into a... British designer in the 30s who he was an engineer really rather than a designer and there, there wasn't much printed um, printed material about him so I sort of got in touch with family members and a few archives and old um, magazines from the from the period and just sort of put together this information it's, just, it's a small small book nothing nothing major <laughs> you've also you've also been featured in a few magazines as well which I think is just brilliant you know just to kind of like 
you know, you're, you're, you're my nephew and I've seen you grow up mm-hmm. and to see your, pro- your progression, you know, from, a, you know, a, a boy into a young man, into a man, you know, and just seeing your progression is just really, it's lovely. It's lovely to see, you know. Thanks. So um, you're, almost, <laughs> yeah. you're almost 30 now. Yeah, next week. Right. Next week. Woohoo. Um <laughs> <laughs> which is great. And um, you know, so what we wanted to do with this um with this particular episode is is to obviously get your your take, your view on um on the race, race dilemma. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I obviously your your sister Florence Sloan, she's she, we featured her in one of the episodes and she gave us her take of growing up and what it was like being mixed race or and pale in, in mm-hmm. skin tone. But obviously you're, you look slightly different. You've got darker hair, you've got brown eyes um, and you're, you're, you're slightly more olive toned than your mm-hmm. sister as well. <laughs> and um, I guess we wanted to just sort of kick off and ask you the, the question that we usually ask everyone. And um, what, what, was, um, what was it like growing up? Did you have any dilemmas growing up as a, as a kid? And what was your first um, sort of realisation that actually mm. I am, I, my, you know, my parents are obviously got mixed backgrounds, so my father's of mixed heritage my mother's um, English, Irish, um, you know, what was your first kind of recollection of? Uh, I don't, I don't ever remember sort of that realisation that my parents were different colours or that I was a different colour to other kids at school. I think, yeah, I, know, I don't, I don't remember ever, ever realising that. It seemed to always be, seemed to always be there or I was always aware maybe. Hmm. Or, or, or was never aware. I'm not sure which way which way around it is. <laughs> but I mean, uh, there's all, there's always a point though where you yeah, where, where yeah. you become aware and you're like, actually, this is my heritage. This is my background. Mm. Um, do uh, you know? People might ask me, actually, but you're not English. So where are you mm. from? And how, you know, where do you, you know? Yeah. Well, people always have always asked. I think at school, sort of the Turkish looking boys always ask and think that I'm one of them <laughs> one of them for example <laughs> yeah. or something yeah uh, but at, at primary school there was a couple of instances where people using the p word and right not even if it was not directed at me and I hearing it I would know that it it kind of was directed at me you know yes that, so that included me in, in that how comes stuff that when it happened did you not think to say anything to me or your mother? <laughs> uh, or just, or it, didn't, or, or didn't you want the fuss? Didn't I want the fuss? Or didn't, or didn't you think? It, did you feel powerless? Did you think that no one can make this any better? It is what it is. If I tell mum and dad, it's not just. Yeah, there was what I think the first time I did tell mum, and I'm sure you and you, or but mum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From what I don't remember, but from what I've heard since then, she confronted the the mum of the boy in the playground or something. Oh right. Um, Can you remember what it was? Can you remember? Uh, I remember the kid's name. <laughs> I can say his name now, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. 
But what, do you do you remember what was what was said like what and and yeah. how it how it made you feel what how did it We were in assembly and he he was in the year above me so they sat I think I don't know I don't know why he was sitting in front of our class or something or they were walking into assembly and he just looked around and just said the p word at me like kind of with a smile on his face I don't remember feeling like angry or anything but uh, do I? I don't know. I don't know. I was, must have been seven or eight or something. Uh, yeah, but and then it happened another time with, you know, cab driver's stepson, dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that, him? Did, was that the same? No, no, that was a different time. Him. All right. He said it as well in the playground or something. I don't, I didn't tell you, but we, I think I said this last time we spoke, I, Coincidentally, we went round to his house on that evening after, on the way back from school for some reason. So we were there outside the house and you were talking to him on that afternoon that he, his stepson said something. And the boy, he was walking up the road and he saw us and he turned around and sort of ran down the road. I think he thought we were there because I told you what he'd said or something. It was just we were just coincidentally right. at the house. I mean, I, I did it. I mean, it's it's strange, isn't it? I mean, uh, 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 that boy that you're talking about, it was all sort of sweetness and light. No, no, I never had any indication that he would have thought like that or said anything like that. No. It's very strange. It's, it's very strange and it's very two faced. It's nasty, and that's that's the worst of it, isn't it? When people say stuff like that, it just it just goes to show you just don't know where you are with people. Mm. Better for them to show themselves so you so you do know where you are. Yeah. And you can make a decision then, you know, rather than them keeping that sort of attitude to themselves. You know, mm. it's easier to deal with someone who shows themselves to be whatever they are mm. than to hide it, than to hide it and it come out later. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've found anyway. And how how old were you when this particular incident happened? Well, I was younger than, I was, must have been nine, eight or nine. Oh Maybe. really? So that was in primary school, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I guess at that age, you're you, you kind of know what these words are, but it's yeah. it, it probably doesn't affect you as much as like when if you're a bit older, you're a bit you know you're a bit more kind of aware of your I guess your heritage. If you, I mean, yeah. you might have been. I don't know. It might have been. It might have been different for you. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I always felt like I was aware of of our heritage and things because I feel like I discussed it with a few other people in my class who were there was Sham who lived on our road whose parents were Indian and there was Arjun and other people in the class Jaheen who were all Asian or some description oh yeah Jaheen yeah yeah Yeah, his Bangladeshi parents so I was going to ask you um, so like growing up Mm. Growing up in um, in Beckenham, you went mm. to Langley School for Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, like, did you at the, at the time? What was the the kind of ratio of so <laughs> white kids, black kids, Asian kids, mixed kids? Uh, if you were to if you looked at a glance at a picture of a, of one of the classes, you'd think we're it was majority white boys in in at Langley. Like you'd see maybe two or three black or brown faces, but 
I think if you were to look closer, you see that there actually there's a lot of Turkish kind of mm. names. Yeah. Oh, you know Arabic yeah, kind of names. Yeah. Um, I can also, remember now. You say that I can remember. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and there's a few sort of Eastern European names in there. Even, like, to talk to the, any of them, you wouldn't know they've all grown up in in Beckenham or or near. Yeah. And what, what, did you at the time? Did you feel like you were like with your your circle of friends? Did you have mm. did you have any particular circle of friends that you gravitated more towards, or was it quite uh, mixed and varied in I terms of their 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 rate their, their, their um their race? Uh, I think I I didn't gravitate towards anyone necessarily, but I think my group of friends were mostly white. There's mm. you know, a couple of non nondescript sort of tan skins in there <laughs> which I think probably I was that's how people view me as I think just other sort of I don't know southern European or something Middle Eastern yeah it's that little box in the in, in the in other, the application yeah. form is like <laughs> yeah. white other uh, Asian yeah. other or yeah you know yeah. Just but, I mean, that. your 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 mates that came to the house, whether it was for skateboarding or homework or whatever it is they came for, well, you know, well, whatever it is you were doing, whatever yeah. you were doing, um, they came to the house. Say your mum made them pizza, or they had whatever it was, pasta, or whatever that you know they came for dinner. They're all fine, weren't they? They're all good kids. They they didn't. Yeah, yeah. They, they seemed to be nice kids. You know, there was never a. And that's really why we got the impression from you uh, that there wasn't, there didn't seem to be a problem with with you and your mates, or and and with you. If there was a problem, you was you certainly kept it well hidden mm. from us. You know, and I did ask you if you remember. I did ask you from time to time. You know, is everything okay? Uh, even recently, you know, mm. what was it like in school? Did you and you you really didn't seem? I've got a shrug of the shoulders. Yes, Dad. You know, uh, but. <laughs> No, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the, uh, in that sense, no, there was never problems as such. No one ever. Uh, I don't know. No one was ever horrible about anything. Or a lot of people don't even ask what you what is going on. They just. I think they presume that you're white sometimes, and just you know, there's dark-haired boys in school who are with white parents and things that it. Not everyone asked, or, or they just, or they just didn't care. Yeah, or they didn't care. Yeah, they just didn't bother. You know, they were not bothered yeah. about, yeah. about anything in particular. I didn't grow up in the seventies. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just brown and white people. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when when the when we were in sixth form at Langley, there was you know loads of different kids because the the um the, the what do you call it the radius for went for people going there was was bigger and you know there's a lot more racially going on there in the sixth form i always got the impression from you looking at you as my son and looking at obviously like francis my daughter i always got the impression that you knew you were slightly different mm. I, got, I felt that you knew you were slightly different and you just embraced well, embraced it and and more importantly, didn't particularly care what other people thought. You seemed mm. comfortable. You seemed comfortable. You seemed all right. And I think in some ways you embraced the difference, even though you were very young. I think yeah. growing up, 
hopefully you were made to feel proud of, well, I think you were, I know, proud of, of where you came from. I remember coming into the school, for example, into your primary school and doing a little, doing a little, having a little session with the classroom, telling them about India and the Mount Everest and all the rest of it, whatever it is we did. I think I even put a sari on the teacher. You did. And, um, yeah, and she loved it. And, and I, bought <laughs> pho- I bought some photographs in the school of your of your um, ancestors. And, and yeah. primarily, really, I mean, I did that obviously for the class and I did that because we just had a trip to India. I don't know if we, that was the time. Uh-huh. That it was. So you would have been about eight years old, I think. But primarily, I remember thinking that one of the reasons I did it, and that was f- for you, for you to feel and to understand that you yeah proud and that you had a place in this world you were someone you were not just anybody you were someone with a history with a background with a family with an Mm. ancestral background and something you could be proud of and I think by your reactions all of your reactions in that in that particular time I think it I think it worked you know Mm. I don't want to sound like I'm bigging myself out it's not how I want to make it sound but I was I thought about it it was deliberate yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think that that's why I feel like I never had that realization at any point. Is because I knew from a young age that you you constantly made us aware of who we were and where we were from, and maps on the wall and pictures of everyone. And obviously, we you see Grandma every weekend who was brown, dark brown, and Granddad with an Australian accent, and cousins and everyone in and out. <laughs> Uncle Luzo, Nigerian. Yeah. Aunt Gerda, German cheesecake, didn't know where anyone or everything was from. It was all, I thought, it was all from the same place. So, as you know, for the reason for us starting the Race Dilemma podcast was on the back of a, um, a dilemma that your sister Florence was having around the time mm. of the George Floyd incident. And that sparked a conversation with our cousin Stuart, as you know. And Florence was feeling, because she's pale in her skin tone people see her as white. So she, I mm-hmm. guess she felt a bit awkward to co- comment on the whole thing. And I guess that sparked a, a dilemma, which was uh, the conversation she had with your dad. And mm. I wondered if you experienced anything similar around the time of uh, when all of that kicked off last year. It, not so much as I experienced it as it kicked off. I think maybe more than Florence, I have paid more attention, not paid more attention, but maybe been included myself more in race relations, if that's, if that's the right term. Just things to do with race. race and, conversations. Yeah, race conversations. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I think even... It's, doesn't sound irrelevant. It's, it seems irrelevant, but even down to the films that you watch or music that you listen to, I think watching, even from a young age, what, sort of watching Spike Lee films, listening to black music, or just being a bit more involved in things. Yeah, black culture. Outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, black culture. Yeah. Just, just diverse. When I think back to your growing up and the diversity, as I mentioned to Florence, just in the home, you know, the literature, the music, and it, and, I, mm. and I think it spread right across. And of course, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't only, well, it was a lot of everything, wasn't it? it was a lot of yeah, everything. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. only 
one thing. It was just diverse. In, it mm. was just diverse. And as you say, the Spike Lee films and the, lit- the literature, maybe the music we listened to, and it was all mm. stuff like that. And it was uh, gave you an awareness, I think, that probably, probably the maybe others around you were not experiencing, you know, this, your mates outside and kids in the school, and so yeah. it seems, anyway. Mm. And if you, if you listen to or watch or pay attention to anything created by non-white people, say the, the conversation is always there, it's always, race is always involved in it. And so I think I was more into that than France ever paid attention to it, maybe. And so that, so that conversation well, talking, that was well, that was being. Well, I was just going to mention the Spike Lee films, and there's there, there are messages in, in all the Spike Lee films, aren't there? In everything yeah. that he does. Yeah. And we, after we discussed them as we were watching them, or after we watched them, we talked about them. Mm. So there wasn't so much of a dilemma for yourself around the time of, um, you know, when those incidents happened. Um, mm. and you, you didn't feel like, oh, you know, because of the way I look, I can't really comment because people are not going to see me as being someone with a mixed heritage yeah. background yeah. or, you know? I think what happened at the uh, last summer, the Black Lives Matter movement, was it was a new shift, and I think I did feel a bit... Uh, outside of it, I think, Dad, when you were growing up, you said there was you were either white, and everyone else that wasn't white was just black. But I think this conversation it it went the other way. Is if if you're for the Black Lives Matter group, if you're not black, then you don't have you don't have a say or an opinion in this even if you're brown or if you're mixed race, even if you're any, if you're anything but black, then you kind of need to keep your mouth shut because you don't have the experience that black people do in this country or in America. And I think that's what, that's what happened. I feel like. I can understand that. There is, yeah. there is some yeah, yeah. truth in that, I guess, but I think Abel, what Abel was saying was right. I didn't know it was that strong though. I, um, Cause whenever I saw the people protesting uh, in the black right, black lives matters, protest themselves a lot of the people were white weren't they a lot of the people were yeah yeah no it's it's no one's um sort of being put down as such for for supporting it or anything but if we're talking about on social media or or any other platforms you can't talk about it unless you're black you know you can't be a, a spokesperson say or you you know so what I found was that it almost opened a can of worms a bit, like mm-hmm. for, for for different kind of race groups. It almost went, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you know what? I think now stuff has come to the surface. I think we can start talking about this more because mm-hmm. because of that particular incident, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of opened opened up a bit for you know other groups and other you know with different ethnic backgrounds to kind of yeah. to talk about this and to bring stuff to the surface, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't think we should go down. I don't think we should... It's not really the road I wanted to go down, but uh, otherwise we'll get into some sort of political debate and that's not what this is about, really. The podcast initially 
is, uh, you know, to give voice to people like ourselves, Abel, whoever, uh, people of a mixed, th- their experiences being, being mixed, and I suppose really, as I'm saying it, this is what, exactly what you're saying, isn't it, Abel, that um, even though you are mixed in that a couple of summers, oh, yeah, last summer, you felt that you, you even on social media that you didn't have the rights to have a voice about such things because of you, you would never experience your experience would be different had you been completely black, say, is what yeah. you mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I suppose really that that is, I mean, the, the, some of the stuff that you're, some of the names that, that you heard when you were growing up, I mean, I suppose really that is a bit, but that is a, the, the, the dilemma that we talk about in itself, isn't it? So in a sense, you, you, you do know what it's like to, to, to feel different, but obviously not the same type of experience as someone who's, who's you know, as I say, completely black. But yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's there's obviously a, the thing that sparked the um, the sort of the protest last summer was the George Floyd thing and him not being a um, a one off incident and that it's been happening for a, a long time in America where you know people African American men doing menial crimes are, are treated like they've just committed the worst thing on earth and killed because of it. I mean, but that's not to, to say that that we can't ex- we can't say much about that because we don't experience that walking down the road. We're not looked at by police. That's the thing. But if you but the, it, but what it has brought up is conversations about the history of even the British Empire, and that's where. I think we do have our voices and we can share that experience and everything. Yeah, because we're, well, I mean, we're, we are part of it, aren't we? We're yeah, part yeah, of yeah. the historical movement and mm. political changes. So there is a the crossover. Here, yeah, yeah. Of the empire, mm. So there is a crossover in, in that sense, but not, not so much in the kind of modern, no, not modern, you know. Yeah. Do you feel that? Um, do you feel then that? Uh, do you feel that as you've gone on in life? I mean, you're, you're going to be thirty next week, but as you've gone on in life, and when you were a schoolboy, a primary schoolboy, up mm. to now, I mean, as the I get the feel, I get the feeling that the awareness has sort of increased as you've got older, as you've become more aware, as you've gone to college and university, it's, it's, or sixth form university. Yeah. The awareness has increased, you know, and and I think that it With seems pride, to me uh, you've quite rightly, yeah. I was just going to say you, you've embraced it with with absolute pride, and um, huh. you said earlier that uh, you, you didn't think that you thought that people might see you as white. I mean, Florence thinks you're obviously different. You look a bit more exotic than her. She says <laughs> her words, you know. Mm. And, um, I mean, when I came to see you at your flat, some. Uh, not necessarily the difference of a Jewish man with the uh, Hasidic Jewish man started talking to you in Spanish. I don't quite know what that was about, but you know, he obviously thought you were from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So people do see people do see you in a certain way. They do see you, and they make assumptions about because the way you look, because mm. of how you look, and yeah, you look different to to your sister. Mm. That yeah. And I think I think you'll put you 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 will get that you will get that all through your life. Yeah, you will get. That. And even I was I was listening to a conversation with um, 
who was it? Louis Theroux. Some someone else's podcast, and there was that comedian who's I think she's Iranian or half Iranian, and her she was describing her kids as being oh. similar to me and oh, Florence, yeah. and she she was saying, yeah, you know, even since last summer, there's sort of categories of this BAME word, black, Asian, minority, ethnic. And she was sort of yeah. saying, would her son fall into that category, but her daughter not just because of the skin color, even though ethnically they are exactly the same. And the the problems that causes, because no one considers people who are mixed race or, or, you know, or any, anything like that. Or is it skin color or is it your ethnicity or, or what? or culture, they're the kind of, not dilemmas as such, but they're the things I think about or how people view. That's what it's done, yeah. kind of complicated, isn't it? Mm. Or like just the, the fact that people have to ca- ca- um, categorise you or have to put you into something. Yeah, maybe maybe one day, maybe one day they won't. Maybe, mm. maybe one day people won't categorise you, but I know exactly what you mean because I've spoken, I've spoken about this before, about me. Mm-hmm. People start categorising you and as, as I always say, they start treating you in a certain way and so you start being a certain way. Because mm. for whatever reason, I'm not quite sure, but it's, I suppose it's a way of um, finding, speaking personally, I suppose it's a way of finding out where, you, where one fits in and fitting in more comfortably mm. if people see you in a certain way. I don't know, it's very complicated. I, don't, I can't even explain it really. Mm. I can't even explain it, but if, if people look at you and assume you're this, they start, treat, they start treating you as this and therefore, mm. as I said before, you start acting like whatever that means, whatever acting like it means, I'm not sure it was acting like it, wobbling our heads. Every time we ask <laughs> question. Yeah. The old Indian wobble. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I t- yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, and the the category. I mean, I don't. The categorization <laughs> in terms of like she was talking about the BAME. I think sort of an award for being, you know, some kind of BAME writer of whatever. And so you're the way that you are um, sort of judged is different. Just because they, just because of the skin color, or just because you're from a different part of the world, or, or whatever. Absolutely. And the standards are different Absolutely. just because you're not Absolutely. white, or That's you are white. Mm. So they, yeah. these are the things that I've been thinking about in the last the last year. I think, it, I think before I've been aware of it, but never thought so much about it and how it how it might um, affect me. Or how it doesn't, or does or doesn't affect me. Speaking on a speaking on a personal level, mm. um, one thing that stands out in my, in my head, and I, and I can't sort of get rid of it from my head because it, it's there. Uh, was when I got a job. When I got the job as a college lecturer, mm. um, one of the colleagues that I was working with after I got the position said to me. And I worked really hard. I mean, I didn't think about it. All I knew, all I was doing was, work, was working hard to get into that position and um, get up the ladder, if you like, and just, just get, yeah. And I applied for the job and I got the job. And one of the colleagues that I was working with at the time said to me, well, of course, you probably got the job because uh, mm-hmm. of your ethnic 
background. They want to sort of redress the balance now with equal opportunities in the life. So they want to redress the balance and give, uh, you know, you, you, the likes of you guys a chance. I was absolutely horrified. I was yeah. horrified that it, did, it never even crossed my mind. And I, and I think, and I would, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, I, I would, and I hope that I got the job on my merit you know, mm-hmm. and, and how I interviewed. And I think I did get the job on my interview, but I hope they didn't give me that position, and I don't think they did, based on redressing the balance, for heaven's sake. Mm. Um, maybe that's a bit of insecurity on his part, but he said it. He said it nonetheless, and it stayed with me, like lots of other things. And, I, and I, of course, then you start wondering about it. But, you know, I, I did push it away and think, no, it can't be, it can't mm. be. But it's not, it was a nasty thing to say. And... And because companies, education, is, being a prime example, they had to show that they were um, employing people from lots of diverse backgrounds. And Yeah. Yeah. Did I get the job because of that? I hope not. <laughs> well, and all of that has come around again now. So, yeah. you know, there's yeah. comp- companies that are restructuring and because they need to, because they need Include. to tick boxes. Yeah, yeah. They need to to include and um, you can see it on I mean I don't really watch TV that often but you know every now and again when it comes on or you know, I'm watching I see adverts and I'm like oh my goodness it is really obvious now that you are trying to intentionally you know, yeah yeah to include and um, yeah it's yeah, it just, looks, it's a bit embarrassing it, to be honest it, it is a bit embarrassing and it's embarrassing it's that it's taken you know, a long time for these companies to start doing that, yeah. you know? It's obviously a good thing too, but, you, but the fact that someone has to stop and think about that and intent, you know, intently hire or cast diverse crowd of people for something or... That's, that's the ridiculous bit, is that it's just not a natural thing for someone to do. When I see those adverts, I think, hello, we've always been here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. About 40 years too late. <laughs> 40. Exactly. Well, I want to well, ask Abel, uh, just to clarify, and what I said I think was right, that... I think if I'm tell me if I'm wrong, Sam. But as as you as I point out again, as you went on through life, you've become more in the last few years. You become more aware for whatever reason. I think you mm. always were, and I get the sense you were always pride, and I think you were always proud of having that. Let's just call it a little bit of more, a little bit of edginess towards you, you know, and, and the stuff mm. that you liked, and uh, the influence of the um, the music and the, and the literature, even the clothes that you wore, who you hung out with, conversations that you have. So. I can see that you embrace it all now, which is a great mm. thing, you know. Yeah. It's a great thing. And so you don't, as Andrew said, uh, as Andrew said, you don't have a dilemma as such. You don't have a problem, do you? You're like your sister. You're very proud. And um, you're pleased at the changes that you can see happening in front of you. Yeah, I'm pr- proud to feel different. I feel, I think, as France said, or how she felt to begin with is, being people seeing her as being white and them not knowing that her grandma and grand, great grandparents are brown and very dark skin. Yeah. They don't see that you've 
inherited what they have or had been through or, you know, whether that's traumatic or, or not, they don't see you as being what your parents or grandparents, they just see you as being white or light skinned or something else. And so they don't, they don't, they don't put that on you, but in a, in a, not in a bad way. It's just, they're not aware of, of you and your history or your family's history. So no one's to blame as such as just, I think I think the important thing is that you know and you do know. Yeah. And that's the only that's the only person that matters, isn't it? That, that, that you know mm-hmm. inside who you are. You haven't got to prove anything to anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. You know exactly who you are. Your history, your family, your mum's side as well. You know the, mm-hmm. the Irish yeah. side as well. You know, which mm-hmm. is a great thing. You know, lots of history there. You know, all of that. All of that mm-hmm. is a great thing. Um, sometimes it's nice when when people do kind of say, oh, where are you, where are you from? And then you've got, yeah. there's, it almost presents an opportunity for you to talk about your heritage mm. and, and, you know, in a proud way and, and talk about, you know, where your grandma's from, where your mm. father's from, where, you know. And, um, and I, sometimes I, I, I like that when people are like, oh, where, you know, where, yeah. where are you from? Are you... Well, there's, there's, you get that question in two different ways, though, don't you? It's either, it's either that curious, then genuinely interested, or it's a, uh, you know, a threat. You know, I don't know how you, how you say, it, but you know, where are you from? As in, you're not from here, are you? You know, tell us, tell us the truth. You, yeah, you're yeah. hiding something from us, kind of question. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wanted to, I, w- I wanted to, I suppose, I w- I'm asking me, and I'm uh, what I'm asking you, obviously, you both, really. Although it's difficult, but it is important not to be, I don't know if you can or not, I'm not, I'm not even sure of the answer, but are we define, are, d- does it define us, our skin colour, our heritage, our history, our ancestry? Is it, does it define us or are we outside of that? Are we people in our own right, if you like, not, not to be defined by those things? We're not defined by it, no. Like if you, you can't forget who you are, your family ancestry or anything you can't just forget that but i suppose if you woke up one day and decided that you didn't want anything to do with it you you could detach yourself you're not defined by it as such but then again you'd get reminded wouldn't you yeah would anyway to ourselves we're not defined by it, are we but maybe to other people is what you're saying is other people define you as being yeah. 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 Exactly. It'll, it'll come back to you. You understand what I mean, Andrew? Yeah, totally. I think it partly defines who you are. Not mm-hmm. totally. Mm. You know, because you can't you can never you can't hide the fact of certainly for for, for us, Dan, because we're obviously slightly darker, it's always gonna be evident that we have a a background, not not necessarily obvious that we are Pakistani, but mm. um, are we? Are we? Are, are, are we? I'm not. I'm not. Neither are you. But no, I'm saying I'm saying part of our heritage is that, and we yeah, can't. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah. don't hide the fact that yeah. we. You know, part of us is that. Yeah, and it's not. Isn't, not that you'd want to, and there's, but we're defined in as much as the food that we're brought up on or music that we listen to or 
the fact that we go used to go to Tootin for lunch or like get <laughs> that sort of thing, get the Bombay mix out when the family comes around and <laughs> look, those don't define us, but they're definitely <laughs> Bombay. <laughs> They're not they're not things that define us, but they definitely are part of our story or our uh, you know why we're here now, why we're sitting yeah, on Zoom. We are our framework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so to to summarise, really, Abel, they're not not too many bad experiences, and if they if there were bad experiences, you rode through them. You seem to be okay with it, or what you seem only like. it's not affected you too much, if at all. And um, yeah, all was well with the world, and you'll go. I think it's important to spread the love, isn't it? And be proud of who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we thank you for joining us on this episode of the Race Dilemma podcast. Thanks so much for just sharing. And um... thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you've liked what you've heard, please subscribe on your favourite directory. And if you've liked it even more, then please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, if you would like to be featured on the Race Dilemma podcast, please reach out to us on theracedilemmapodcast at gmail.com. That's it from us, and we'll see you on the next episode.